0: today's episode of the 10 and 2 podcast is supported by fears watch company and their newest timepiece the fears archival 1930 With the introduction of the archival 1930 Fierce Watch Company proves once again that they are a brand with universal appeal and are truly made for everyone. In celebrating their 175th anniversary, Fierce has taken one of the most iconic pieces from their archive and given it a facelift made perfect for the 21st century. All this done while maintaining their watchmaking heritage by using new old stock vintage movements keeping the history alive. The biggest standout, of course, is the rectangular case shape used so rarely in the watch industry today. Perfect for any wrist or event, the Modern Archival 1930 features an incredible champagne color dial with an 18 karat border and numerals that are perfectly tied in with the art deco aesthetic of this timepiece. Both versions of the Fears Archival 1930 are limited edition, so head over to Fearswatches.com and explore these stunning timepieces that truly live up to Fears lifestyle of elegantly understated. While there, be sure to check out the rest of the Fierce collection, especially the Brunswick Salmon, which is a Personal favorite of ours that's fearswatches.com. Hey, everybody, welcome to the 10 and 2 podcast. I'm Kat,
1: and I'm Catman,
0: and we're here every week talking watches, photography, adventure, and exploring the world of horology. How's it going? Happy birthday! Happy belated <laughs> <we> birthday! <laughs> happy belated Thank birthday you. to you!
1: Thank you so much. Ah, oh, man. It's been a it's been a long few days. So. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no. In a great way. Like uh, we were just talking about this. Um, yeah, I'm a. I tend to be a little bit of a homebody. So yeah. like around birthdays and all, like I think I've had like four consecutive like going out, you know, for dinner and things like that, and things like that nights. And like I'm ready to just come home from work and put on my pajamas and sit around and do nothing by myself. Yeah, so. I feel that. Yeah. So I'm sitting here. um, The struggle is real. We're recording the morning the podcast goes out because what else would we be doing? Mm -hmm. So I'm just sitting here with my coffee, like the struggle. Yep. Well, uh, and I think
0: that like COVID you know, for people that already were homebodies, it didn't help. It like made me more of a
1: homebody. And now- COVID is my favorite excuse to use as to why I don't go out. Oh, you want to go on Broadway? Not like COVID. Did you see Tennessee numbers lately? Mm -mm. (laughs) Like if I'm not sitting at a dinner table, I don't want it. (laughs) Well, even now,
0: like going out to restaurants, it just doesn't feel the same. And I find myself like looking around and I'm just like, Ugh, look at all these people like i'm just so <laughs> disgusted
1: i know i know i know how you feel then- <laughs>
0: so I, i'm still all about that like bring home food life like take out like it's still it's still going strong in our house you
1: and i go to dinner at like the most ra- the other day we went out at two to o'clock dinner. or something um, o'clock at, like yeah it was like four o'clock yeah <laughs>
0: and there was no one in there and I loved nobody. it nobody I, I know it.
1: that's my favorite like we even beat like the, like because a lot of times uh, I, I don't know how it is everywhere else but a lot of times like very elderly people will go out to dinner very early in Tennessee and like we even beat them to dinner <laughs> I know
0: we did we beat the elderly
1: oh man it was great it's my favorite. That, that's that's what I love like I want to be home in bed in my pajamas at 8 o'clock <laughs> watching Netflix <laughs> that's my life. yeah.
0: Well, so uh, any new watches on the horizon for the birthday?
1: Uh, Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Like I yeah. said, no, very strongly. And then somebody started messaging me yesterday um, about a, a certain watch that, that, you know, well, maybe, well, you know, but you don't know what I'm talking about specifically because I didn't text you. But, um,
0: oh, okay. Is yeah. this from the person that we're always going back and forth The person from? that
1: we're always going back and forth from <laughs> buying watches from or trying to buy watches from. So it's very uh, possible that there's that yeah. there'll be. He's a, a new bad, watch.
0: He's, a, he's a bad influence on us. He's the worst. Sure.
1: To be fair, like, I'm an equally bad influence on him. And we <laughs> both are because he'll just text us and be like, Hey, I have X amount of money to spend. This is what I'm looking for. What's yeah. that? Suggest- it's my favorite. Thing like, yeah, hey, what should I buy? It's a game, like, he's just literally like, hey, do you want to play the game? And but then he goes <laughs> and buys it, and I'm like, it, it's better than fantasy shopping because he I actually know. does it. and I'm like, hell yes, this is awesome! I it's love funny. it, <laughs> it's so crazy. I love spending other people's money, it's great. It's what <laughs> it's why I love well, my well. I've job. seen,
0: I've seen recently you've been on the fence about your, uh, your GMT, your Seamaster GMT,
1: it's what I'm wearing today. We got to we got to oh, have this whole conversation. Are you um, just wearing
0: it like cuz you know this is like your last year? I think so. You know, I think I'm it. just
1: wearing it because I really just can I am trying so hard to bond with this watch. I don't know. um, You know, I've had this watch in before, right? Like a friend uh, from a Facebook group that you and I both know sent it to me last summer. And Mm -hmm. I, you know, I spent like several weeks with it. I absolutely love the watch. I've seen it come through in and out from work and things like that a lot. And I've really lusted after this watch for so long. And I think I've talked about this watch on the podcast before. So like that shouldn't be like new news. but. There was something I just wasn't bonding with it. From literally from the moment I got it, I just didn't bond yeah. with this watch.
0: I like when you first came over and you had it, and you just weren't really. I was very nonchalant about it. You were like,
1: "Oh, you're yeah. wearing a D'Et. I'm like, "Yeah.
0: <laughs> like yeah, whatever. Uh, but
1: yeah, this thing. <laughs>
0: and in my experience, like if you don't have that, like lust for your watch at like right from the start like you're just not going to love if something doesn't feel right it's just not right right and I feel like especially when you when you own the watch now I can see if it's a watch that you've seen on social media or something and you're like "Ah, I don't really like it but then over time you grow to love it well that's happened to me a million times but when it's a watch you have and you're wearing and You've, you've got it on your wrist for a long period of time and you're just not over the moon about it. Yeah. To me, you're never going to be over the moon if you aren't in those first few days that you have the watch.
1: I kind of, I mean, I kind of agree. I've made a few posts on social media about it. Um, and I've given it time, right? Like that was the one thing is I wanted to, to actually give it a chance. I wear it pretty consistently. I have given it time. I think I've had it for about six weeks now. You know, I guess my big fear is like I... I'm not one to have buyer's remorse. I've never really had buyer's remorse over a purchase, probably because mm-hmm. I stress out so much before I make the purchase. <laughs> but I'm really afraid of seller's remorse, right? Yeah. So, like, it's a whole different side of things. And I see it at work a lot. I've seen it with you, you know, where you, you've you sold a watch and then regretted selling it and then oh, bought yeah. it again and then sold yeah. it again. <laughs> yeah. But- it's happened multiple times. It, it's fine. It's totally fine. But I, I do worry about that. And I, I think I worry about it so much because like I'm not, I, I don't want to say that I'm an impulse buyer because I do put a lot of thought into my purchases, but I wait to get like an amazing deal. And so like I know that if I sell this watch and if I want to buy it again, I'm not going to get that price ever again in my life. And so like, I think that's kind of what I worry about and what I stress out about. But like you said, I mean, I've had this thing for six weeks now. I like it. I'm not saying I don't like the watch, but I really am the type of person. And I think, you know, if you guys have listened to the podcast for a long time, I like have relationships with my watches. Like I, oh, yeah. you know, I, I want to be madly in love with my watches. I want to look down at my watch and feel like so much happiness and so much joy. I don't want like I could keep this watch in my collection and it's just going to be like, eh. You know, it's just that watch that I throw on from time to time. But I don't want that. Like I want like butterflies when I look at my watches. I sound so ridiculous, um, <laughs> but it's just gonna be me and my watches when I die. It's fine. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh so it's hard. And you know, I I did I did my due diligence as well. You know, a lot of people said maybe it's the bracelet, and I didn't think it was because like I have a Speedmaster bracelet, and those bracelets are. I think it's a lesson in how similar bracelets could be, but still be totally different. Because when I I got a, um, so I think it's a land, I think that's how it's pronounced. Um, they were so nice. They sent me a rubber strap to try out. Um, and I'll put a link to their website in the show notes because they, I, I do, the quality is great. It integrates perfectly. I am very happy with it and it totally changed the look of this watch. And I do like it way more on the strap than the bracelet.
0: But for mm-hmm. me I'm
1: such a bracelet person. I have to have a bracelet. Like yeah. I want the option of having the bracelet and I'm just not in love with this bracelet.
0: No, I get that. Yeah, I get that for sure. So here I some... feel like go ahead. I, I, I'm the exact same way. Like yeah. I and uh yeah, I I recently sold my my bond Seamaster the no time to die almost for the exact same reason which yeah. was it did for me like a dive watch I I've learned like it just it has to come on a bracelet and I can't have it any other way and unfortunately with that one the mesh is all great but it just doesn't fit right on me and like it doesn't it's not comfortable and so I don't think it's worth having a watch that's that expensive and the fact that like you don't like the bracelet and you're you're stuck with straps and you just feel like something's missing constantly and you know that's not to say that I don't like wearing divers on other straps. I do, but I don't want it to be my only option. Yeah,
1: exactly. Um,
0: And it just is something just doesn't feel right to me about it. And yeah, there was a couple other things on that watch too. Like I, I like having a little bit of polish and I know that about myself and I, I should have known better going into it, but I really did like that watch. And I, you know, if, if I could just afford to have all these watches sitting around and you know, an $8,000 watch sitting in the safe, I would, but the fact that it's, it's close to the price of the sub and like, I'm not really wearing it a ton, you know, just doesn't make sense. And, uh, you know, there's other things that, and it's, for me, it's always fun. There's always one coming in and out and it keeps the hobby fun and interesting for me. And I'm not out there spending a ton of money because it's like one goes out and one comes back in. Yeah. And, keeps the husband happy.
1: (laughs) No, I, I really like that idea. And it was something that I never really have explored before is the, the in and out kind of thing, because I do like, you know, I think before I had this idea, first of all, like, I don't consider that being a flipper, you know, and I think that there's a very negative, like, connotation, um, with the idea of people who who flip watches. You know, there you're is. not flipping them for profit. First of all, I know what you pay for your watches and I know what you sell them for. You're not like freaking, you know, planning on retiring because you're you're <laughs> making these huge profits on your watches. Like not at all. You're not. You're just, you're just like, you're just trying to balance things out. You know, if mm-hmm. you can, and I think that's kind of what we all hope for. I'm not trying to like make a bunch of money on my watches. I just want to be even or or close yeah. to, as close to as possible possible and so I used to I used to think oh man like people should just be happy people should buy what they like they're the first place and then not worry about it but I feel like you know so I've been really deep into watches for maybe about four years now and the more I get into it the more I'm like you know what maybe there's a little bit of fun in just trying something out like Mm -hmm. because you don't know until you live with it you know. and maybe you're just kind of one of those people who, you know, you always want something a little bit new and that's okay and i think that there's there's so much negativity towards it. it's oh, cat sold this again or bought something mm-hmm. new again or whatever and it's like, you know, screw you. like, you know, if, <laughs> if sorry, like if you're one of those guys, yeah, i said it. um but like it's it's hard because First of all, who are we to judge how other people spend their money or or go through their watches? I mean, you're not buying, like, all this stuff and flipping it for profit, like I said. And even if you were, at the end of the day, hey, you're you're smart with your money then. Mm -hmm. But, you know, you're not. You're doing it in a really great way. You're giving people these amazing deals because I I see we talk very openly about these things. So people are getting great deals on their watches that they buy from you. Mm -hmm. But it's just... It's a great way to really kind of explore the hobby more, you know? Yeah there I, I don't see anything wrong with it and I think that you know I really kind of started that last year when I bought the Grand Seiko because I sold a few smaller things and I think that that's a great way to build your collection up you know a lot of us start out with some smaller two three four five hundred dollar watches and then you have a collection of maybe six of these watches and you want to get to that next level well maybe it's not so easy as saving up four thousand dollars to get that entry level you know that um that tutor or that entry level omega or something like that that Mm -hmm. but you know what you can do is sell your smaller watches to fund that watch purchase Yeah, and you know it's not worth just sitting around and being unhappy with your collection i think it's so easy to and who doesn't like a little bit of change here and there so Mm -hmm. you know i think I think I'm kind of a little annoyed and tired of like the the negativity (laughs) around. I'm sure you are (laughs) like it doesn't even affect me. I'm over it. Nobody says anything to me. But like I see the comments like on your posts, and it's just like, oh, like leave this woman alone, man. Like let her do what she wants to do.
0: (laughs) Well, I appreciate it. No, at this point, like I have learned just to kind of brush it off. I don't really pay any attention to it now. And, you know, my answer is just like, hey, it's what makes me happy. And, yeah. and I, I don't think that that should be judged by anyone. And I feel the same way with other people. I know that, you know, like to buy and sell just for the sake of it makes the hobby interesting. And, you know, I don't think that we should be called flippers. In my mind, a flipper is someone that is buying these brand new watches that they can immediately sell for, you know, two
1: to three times. Yeah. The cost like I think profit. of house flippers, like somebody who buys something yeah. cheap and then sells it for more. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and um aka the people that are ruining
0: this hobby but you know I I don't think it's fair that that everyone is called a flipper and, and maybe I'm wrong and maybe that I, I don't know how loosely that term can be used but it doesn't matter at the end of the day like I I have so many friends in this hobby that you know we like to you know have something for a little while and then get something new and uh-huh. for me I mean if I had the funds I would just be buying new stuff too and not getting rid of so much but at the end of the day like I can always look at my collection and find one piece that I'm just like yeah I'm not really wearing you a lot I'm not enjoying you that much or there's something else I'd want to wear more than you and yeah. then that one goes and um, I enjoyed my time with it and and it's it doesn't mean that these watches are bad and I think you know I, I get messages sometimes like oh why did you get rid of it? it was such an amazing watch you should have never sold it and it's like well, it is an amazing watch and someone else is going to really enjoy it. But now I want something else different now. And it's it's just that time in my life to change it up. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And I also don't think like, hey, if you're the person that has a solid collection and never buys anything new, then you're that's awesome. I wish I was more like that. Um, but alas, I'm not. So,
1: well, it's such a per- watches are such a personal thing. And it's, you know, I feel like we're all just enjoying our hobby in our own way. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's why I've never understood people, you know, being negative about a particular watch that's released or something like that, and just being super negative. It, you know, to me, watches are like art. It's like music. You know, it's there's no right or wrong answer. It's you know, I feel like you can always find something, and maybe that's just my like attempt to be upbeat and positive all the time. But I feel like you can always find something nice to say about things. Well, and
0: and another perspective on that is, I feel like when I first got into the hobby, I. I judged a lot of things really, really oh, yeah. hard because That's of my mean. ignorance. <laughs> yeah. It was because of my ignorance and in fact that I wasn't educated on how some of these things are made and the, the work and quality that goes into them. And now, having been in the hobby for several years and, and knowing some of the backstory on a lot of these brands and watches and... I have such a different perspective and I find that I'm not as judgmental now as I used to be because I know a little bit more about, you know what? It's not for me. I don't like it, but I know the kind of work that went into making this watch. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that should be respected in a way from some of the brands that are doing things that a lot of people like to bash. And so yeah. I think it comes with time. And I think there's a lot of newcomers into the hobby and we see that on Instagram and social media. And so those newcomers that are coming in, they're very judgmental on things, and you know, they, they voiced their opinions very loudly and that's totally fine. Like I think we were all kind of there at one point in time. I, I don't think I was as vocal as some other people were, but I certainly was like, I've gone back and looked at like old Facebook posts of mine of like from some of the groups and I'm like, Oh God, I can't believe I said that. Like (laughs) who was I? But I was like, again, I I didn't know anything. And like, I, it's so easy just to be like, this looks so ugly and just like whatever. And, and I'm not that way anymore. And I think people will grow, And but you're always going to have that crowd. Like that, that oh, crowd that sure. we kind of don't like on social media, it's always going to be there in some way, shape, or form. So y- we just have to, you have to learn to move on. You have to learn to like not let it bother you because it's not going to go away.
1: Yeah. I agree. But, I definitely agree.
0: Um, all right. So so we've decided that the Seamaster is going to go. The GMT is probably going to go. Eight
1: point nine percent sure the Seamaster GMT is going to go. If you're interested, Slide into Catelyn's DMs. <laughs> I'm gonna be like, no, I don't want to sell it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for the mean things I said about you. It's probably gonna stop working today because it's literally oh, listening to gosh. me. Just talk all this shit about it. All yeah, right, I so see, like,
0: I'm gonna show you <laughs> talk about, try and about sell me. me now. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> all right. So here's where I'm at, though. Okay. You and I, like you and I, have had this conversation. I've had this conversation with a few people because I'm. I've been wanting a a true, you know, quote unquote, true GMT for a very long time. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know why, like... It's my favorite complication. I don't, it just, it makes my heart happy to like have it set to like, we have so many friends in Scotland and let's face it, I'm obsessed with these, these stupid cows for no reason, but I'm obsessed with them. And it just makes my heart so happy to like look down at my watch and just like, I can do math guys. I know how to count six hours ahead, but I just can look down at it and see, and it It just makes my heart happy. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Who yep. made Why don't people make GMT watches anymore? <laughs> like I am, like I'm so annoyed right now because I'm like, okay, like this isn't the GMT for me. Let's dive into some other GMT watches. And mm-hmm. no, like, I know that there there are brands that make GMTs. I'm being a little dramatic, guys. Um, don't like slide in with like 800 recommendations. I realize that, but there, no, I that there I are. see what you're talking
0: about because like. You have the GMTs from the, I would say, lower tier brands. Right. You have the GMTs from probably the mid-tier. And then, of course, you have your high-end GMT complications, um, which, you know, are unaffordable for us. So, we're not even going to talk about Yeah, I'm guys, not, like, but...
1: rolling into, like, a Rolex <laughs> waitlist for the next three years trying to get, like— Well, a I'm Batman not even or... talking about oh, that because I feel this. like
0: that's— if, it, if you could get one, like, that would be a mid-tier brand. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm putting Rolex, Omega, all these other, okay. you know, kind of mid-tier brands together. But— um, the problem is like, Hey, yeah, you can't even get a Rolex GMT, which if you could, like it would be a decent option. I feel like because they're, they are really cool watches, but right. I think another thing too, and, and a reason why I think this is kind of hard for you. So I recently bought the, the Tudor Black Bay GMT, yes. um, I freaking love that watch. It's, I love it's it. Big, too. It's big. It's I love it
1: for you. It looks so good on you. I <laughs> thank love you. It.
0: I'm glad that my husband's like he doesn't like Pepsi. So <laughs> he does. He hates like he doesn't hate it. He just doesn't love Pepsi. You know, bezel watches, right. which is fine because it's, it's my watch. It's not his. But, um, <laughs> and and you kind of feel the same way. You're kind of on the fence about Pepsi. And here's the thing: I think with a lot of GMTs, is they're kind of overly fun, and. I feel like the GMT you're kind of going after is you kind of want a little bit of fun, but you kind of want something that, A, is obviously sporty. And right. B, like, it's still, it doesn't take itself too playfully, I think. And yeah. I think that's where you're coming hard to find one because so a lot of them hard. are, like, multicolor and they're very bright and vibrant. and And, I mean, obviously it's easy to read and that's the whole reason you have the GMT. But I think that's becoming like if i were to think about okay the polar explorer you know or or the black explorer too from yes. from rolex they're they're gmt's but they're like they're not
1: understated
0: they're understated they're and every and I think day. That you're you're looking for something like that but you just can't find it.
1: Yeah. So, so here's my problem. And this is what we talked about. I love, like I, I've looked at the Tudor Pepsi. I love it. I think it's such a fun watch. It's a big watch. I love and, and that's what I like. I, I am drawn to that. But you know, when I'm thinking about, okay, I want a GMT. This is a watch that I want to be able to travel with. Right. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I, it's from this summer, I am re- I feel like I'm going to be a one-watch vacation travel kind of person. Like, yeah. I did it all summer, and it was freaking amazing. I loved it. It was so good. But so when I say that, I need one watch that's going to go with everything. So if I'm traveling for work or even even if I'm traveling for, for pleasure, I want a watch that I can wear with, yeah, shorts and a T-shirt. But also, like, if I'm going out and wearing, like, some a little bit of a nicer top or, you know, it, for fall, if I'm wearing— you know, a, a nice sweater and boots. And I just, you know, I don't see myself and, and I know you, I know you do, but, and that's your style. And I, I absolutely love it. But like, for me, I'm such a neutral person. So like, if I'm wearing mm-hmm. like a beige sweater and boots, having this like red and blue bezel <laughs> to me, that would drive me insane. Like, I, I feel yeah. like I feel like there are two types of watch wears. There's the I don't give a F wears, and I love you guys, and I want to be you. And then there's (laughs) the we need to coordinate our watch with our outfit wears. And, like, we're stupid, okay? Like, I get it. Like, it's, it's stupid. I whatever nobody's actually going to pay that much attention to it but <laughs> I do and so that's that's my problem is is like so the Seamaster bezel I have now it has the black and then the silver bezel and I like that like because it is very neutral but yeah mm-hmm. Pepsi bezels things like that or you know a lot of that like I know Farrah does a lot of really great GMTs as well you know mm-hmm. um, Zodiac does awesome GMTs. Yeah, plenty of them. But they're colorful, and I'm just like, Mm -hmm. guys, can I just get like black and white, please? Like black, white, gray. That's my. Well, I mean, an
0: option, you know, an option would be to get. I mean, I don't know how you feel about like the older, you know, GMT or the Explorer twos from Rolex, like from like what I had. Like you could get the wider black one. You know, not that old for probably eight to nine thousand, which is a lot, but yeah. also like it's it's your colors; it's white or black. Like you oh, have yeah, those no, options, no, no. and they're I agree. understated.
1: If if I were in a position where I could, so I mean. My my other problem is, you know, with my job, I can only wear a certain type the brand of brand that you carry. Yeah, I can only yeah. wear a certain brand. Um, so that's it's very difficult for me to justify spending more than maybe a couple of thousand dollars on a watch that I don't get to wear ninety percent of the time. And I know it's a first world problem, guys. I can only wear one luxury brand. It's awful. <laughs> Woe is me. It's so terrible. So like I I you know, I just kind of have a little bit of a problem with it, like it's just it's just a mental thing. I'm not there financially where I feel like yeah. I can justify you know spending eight thousand dollars on a watch that sits there most of the time, and yeah. you know there are people who are and hey that's super cool and and more respect to you, but you know for me it, it's a little bit harder to justify, so you know I and then I think about, like, I've had a ton of suggestions. Uh, I think you've said it and, like, a couple of other people I've talked to about it for the the Planet Ocean g It's got the black mm-hmm. and white bezel. It's 43 millimeter or 44. And I, I do. I love that watch. But I also, I already have a white Planet Ocean. So, yeah. you know, I feel like there's a lot of redundancy in that. And... Guys, this is a struggle. I've like what really been agonizing over yeah. this for no reason. Uh, I, before I bought this watch, I wasn't this obsessed with having a GMT, and now <laughs> I must have one in my collection.
0: Yeah, I mean, I get it. I think another <clears throat> another option would be, damn it, <clears throat> I think another option would be the the Grand Seiko that looks very similar to those Explorer twos. Yeah, um, it's like the SBGN series and right. I've seen a lot of the—and and I got to borrow one for a little while, and I think my only gripe with it was there was no micro-adjust at all, like, no adjustment um, on those bracelets, which kind of sucked. But at the same time, it's a it's a cool GMT, like, and, and it's high quality. You know, it's coming from Grand Seiko, but mm-hmm. it's also quartz, so if you're not really wanting, you already have a quartz Grand Seiko, like— I don't know. It's just something to think about. It's another yeah. great option. I feel, I feel like, like that I is... need to
1: see him in person because yeah. I know I know like I saw it when you were borrowing it. Um, but I feel like I just need to kind of check it out and really get an idea for it. Um, but yeah, I don't yeah. know. Like this is just kind of where I feel uh, I'm a little bit stuck. And I, honestly, I'm a little... I'm a little frustrated at the lack of GMTs like on the market. I don't I don't know Mm -hmm. what it is. I don't know if there's a reason behind it. Um or maybe I'm not too popular. I don't know. Yeah, maybe I'm too picky and I just need to I I don't want to say I need to settle because I shouldn't settle. (laughs) Like, oh God watches are hard, y'all. Why are we in this hobby, man? They like, are hard. The stress for no reason. I realize I sound ridiculous, guys. But I mean, if you're well, listening to a watch podcast, I feel like you get it.
0: <laughs> yeah. And, and I have the GMT now and I and I do love it for, you know, just the colors and everything. And it's mm-hmm. funky. And, and but I also feel like I've I've kind of become the person now that doesn't really I, I've been traveling quite a bit recently. And so I kind of learned also that I don't really feel like I need a GMT when I travel. Um, only because like, you now there are certain things like one thing I love, I love about the Aqua Terra is that it has the jumping hour function on it. Just the regular Aqua yeah. and I used to have one and I, I love that function. And when you're traveling, the fact that you can move that hour hand without, you know, adjusting the minutes and, and everything else doesn't get screwed up. That is a such a functional complication that I wish more watches had.
1: I It's such it's a because, flex when you land on an A-line yeah. when you land and you just like literally pop your crown out that one time and just adjust yeah. it real fast and push that crown right back in. I feel so like Hell yes, when I do that? Yes,
0: and that at the end of the day, like that's all you really need. That's all right. most people need. And you know, I'm not a pilot trying to keep up with multiple time zones. <laughs> and and I, need I to realize know what that
1: time it is for the cubes cat. <laughs> I really do. I need to know if I they're know, eating lunch out in the meadow. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, well, here's another thing. Like, I wish I saw more. I wish I saw more twelve-hour bezels because I actually really oh, like yes. a twelve-hour bezel. I, I think agree. it's just simple. It's a one complication. You don't need two different time zones most of the time. Um, and all that I would be keeping up with would be within the 12-hour period. So I wish I saw more of those because I really do love 12-hour bezel watches. And, and hardly yeah. anybody makes them. But yeah. um, I know. at least mean, makes them to my liking, too.
1: Yeah, it's either nobody makes them or we just overlook everyone. There's probably a whole market of them. <laughs> and we don't even look at them when we go, when I don't we go think watch so. something. We don't even, like, see them.
0: They, like, I just don't, don't. exist mm, I don't think so. <laughs> I, I really don't. Like I've seen some like old Tudor Chronos that have the twelve-hour bezel on them. Um, I just can't think of a lot of like twelve-hour bezel watches that are from like the big brands. You know, I know like people like Monta make them, or they did at one point. Um, but yeah, I can't think of any. DM me if you do know of like the bigger name brands that do carry a twelve-hour bezel because I'm yeah. be interested.
1: Yeah, um, I, I know
0: I've, I've overlooked them maybe
1: again, I think that almost maybe a 12 hour bezel is a little very, it's very specific and it's very mm-hmm. like watch nerd. So I yeah. think that like, that's where it gets harder. The big brands are not catering to watch nerds. Like if we're being really honest, they're not, yeah. like, you know, that's why they, they basically troll us on social media. They, <laughs> you know, they post about one watch and then release something totally different, like the PO one. Um, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so I think that that's where, that's where your, your micro brands and I think we've talked about this before like that's where your smaller brands, your micro brands even brands like Oris you know who are a big brand but they're very involved with the enthusiast community. That's where Mm -hmm. they shine. They you know they just offer exactly what the community wants and you know they listen and yeah I don't know. It's uh, it's tough. Yeah
0: it is tough. (laughs) It's a struggle. Man the
1: the watch collecting struggle is real.
0: Yeah I would say hold out. I think there's going to be something that you know, we'll we'll meet your criteria. And,
1: and... One day, yeah. I don't want to settle. That's the thing. If I if I can, I I've lived my whole life without a G. I mean, I so I do. I have the fears, which is also a GMT. It, it's mm-hmm. just it's a very different way of doing a GMT. It has a, a GMT G- like hour wheel instead of having like everything on the dial. It's very clean, but also like that watch is a little bit more dress. So I don't wear it. Super what about a world in. time? <sighs> Give me that Aquaterra World Timer and I will die the happiest. You'll be satisfied. (laughs) That watch is so sexy. It doesn't matter how many times I see that watch. It is so damn sexy. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Oh, man. But, and so that's the other question is nobody really does. I mean, I get a World Time is a very complicated watch. I understand that. But there's not a lot of World Timers out there. First, shout out to Farer who does a World Timer for like, $1,500 $1,500 or $1,200, something know. stupid, like stupid cheap for that sort of complication. When well, Zodiac just, just, oh yeah, too. Zodiac did just announce a world timer. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, and I think that one's like $1, $13, 1400 It's limited mm-hmm. edition. I don't know if they're still available. They have two different dial colors, but yeah, that Omega World Timer, oh, it has my yeah, heart. It's good. It's real good. So I need, I just, it's like looking money. at
0: like artwork too, because like, I, and I got to see that in person and just like the amount of detail that goes into those watches. I right. Mean, it's insane. It's insane. It's like you're looking at a little world and yeah, it's just, it's amazing.
1: Yeah. I mean, it, and that's the thing with that, with that particular watch is it, it is, it's the detail to it. Like, I mean, I can't, there's no watch no World Timer, I feel like that has that sort of detail, you know, and and at that price point, you know, as far as like the mid-tier brands, and I know Omega... <sighs> Ome- to say omegas mid-tier is a little dramatic but in the grand scheme of things you know mm-hmm. it is kind of a mid-tier luxury brand it's not a super yeah. high-end luxury brand yeah so you know to see that they make this watch for less than ten thousand dollars which is a ton of money don't get me wrong like no um, but for the quality the and quality what you get, the craftsmanship amazing. is amazing yeah I it is completely agree oh man that watch i would <laughs> i do absolutely love that watch yeah. Man. It's good. It's a good one to love. All right. Well, right. so I'm just gonna save every penny. I'm not gonna get a GNT and I'm just gonna get a World Time instead. There you
0: go. That makes you it'll make you happy. It will. Do it makes you do what makes you happy. <laughs> I'm
1: selling everything. Hit me up, yeah. guys. I'm <laughs> i gonna practice what I preach, sell everything and just have this one watch. Not really. Oh, oh god. I, yeah. I, I I don't know that I could ever do it. I don't think I could ever just have like one watch. No, I know I people who either. do, and I think, you know. And um, when you're starting out, yeah, but as you add, it, it's so hard. But like I know people who do; they sell off like a lot of their stuff and buy like one expensive, expensive watch. And I'm just like, man, yeah. I kind of envy you. So, like we've kind of <laughs> talked about this for you because you're like, I mean, we're both obsessed with Moser, but like you're like mm-hmm. extra level obsessed with the Streamliner. I know. Um, I know. and you've you've kind of said you've been like, man, I could I could sell these if, things and just have I, this. yeah I know you're I would, not going to
0: <laughs> no I'm not like I love that watch but it's just so hard for me to uh justify in my own head having that much money in one piece and I don't think if if I own that watch if I went out and bought one today I don't think I could wear my other watches, it's like when you have one that costs so much, you just want to spend all your time wearing it. And I couldn't justify having other watches in my collection, I feel like. And and that's why that would be my only, you know, watch. You know, it's it's just it's hard. And um, yeah, I just I don't know. I'm just not at that level yet that I can justify having a watch at that cost because I know what it would mean. And it would mean that my other my collection would have to go. Yeah, because I just can't justify having those pieces when I need to be wearing this one all the time because I spent so much money on it.
1: Yeah, you you feel obligated, you know? Yeah. You're yeah. just like, oh, I, I... Like, even if you didn't sell everything off, if you had, like, if you had the sub and the streamliner, right? Yeah, yeah. You feel obligated to wear the streamliner because the streamliner costs <laughs> I think I would. exponentially yeah. more. You know, like I mean, if, you the, spent- if the
0: watch costs more than two of my vehicles sitting in the driveway, like, <laughs> I mean, I just like, yeah, I gotta wear it.
1: Yeah, exactly. And oh. I'm not
0: saying the watch isn't worth it. It's a oh, no, one thousand no, percent no, no. worth yeah. their asking price because it, I've seen this watch in the metal and like it blows me away. It's just beautiful. Um, but yeah, maybe one day I don't know. Maybe in the future.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. It was, remember. There I was don't a- have to have
0: everything right now either. <laughs> like, you know, I hope to have a long life and like I'll, I'll enjoy things later on. Like I don't have to have everything right now.
1: Well, I mean, remember there was a point in, in your life and, and definitely in mine where I thought spending $200 on a watch was insane. And then I thought spending five hundred or a thousand dollars on a watch was insane, you know. So it, it's all just kind of perspective and and where you are in your in your life and when in, in your collecting and financially where you are. So it, yeah, it's easy. I mean, to- there's
0: people where more way more expensive watches than that
1: oh yeah i mean i still like to this day i will say spending more than like ten thousand dollars on a watch sounds f- freaking crazy and i just i i can never see myself doing it and yeah. knock on wood i would love to be in that position one day so <laughs> if i am lord knows i'm gonna do it so yeah um, yeah it's you know it's there's no right or wrong way to collect and i think i think especially with social media like we always feel a little bit pressured to to kind of go one way versus another and things like that but you know, I think sometimes, you know, like I'm I'm trying to not be as like on social media as much lately. Like and really kind of like I'll do my post and just kind of chill for a bit and, you know, not go through everything else because it, it's a lot of pressure and you feel like you see all this stuff and you get very overwhelmed very easily, I think. Mm-hmm. I don't know. First world struggles, I realize, but still.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, it's what our it's our struggles It's it, it It's is. the watch community, it's everybody's I just, I don't, going Like, through like I feel
1: like people, I don't know, people, I don't want to be called pretentious or whatever. Because some people listen to us talk and then think that we're pretentious or bragging, and we're really not. No. We're just talking about life as a watch collector. So, yeah,
0: absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Um, so let's, let's get into a little bit of chat about, um, some of the watches we've had in lately because, Hey, oh, yeah. we, we, we haven't really just had a chit chat episode in a little while. No. and Welcome to um, the chit
1: chat episode, guys. I know.
0: And so one, one shout out I want to give real quick, um, well, I think everyone probably has seen the magazine at, at this point because I feel like it was just like so blasted on social media. Um, but if you don't know, Watch needs to release a magazine for the first time in print. And it's the magazine that you can't buy. And yeah. so what that means is that you can actually go and pick up one of these for free. You don't have to pay for it, but you have to go to one of their retail partners. So um, I believe all the Omegas boutiques in the U.S. carry them. Mm-hmm. And there's a ton of retailers, when a Mayors, Bendy jewelers topper, um, jewelers, topper Jewelers. I mean, yeah. there's just a ton of people on there. I know, also, I think James Porter and Son has just been added to that list in Scotland, so if you're in the UK area, Scotland area, and you want to pick one of these up, now you can. Um, I know we're working on getting some European retailers for you guys that are in Europe, but it's an amazing magazine. And all the hard work that went into it, from the writers to the photographers. I've got a couple picks in there, and it's like... I know! I'm like, it's so weird, like, Seeing my photos in print, and it's your just name, like,
1: and your photos are like <laughs> in print. Like, I will forever yeah. keep this magazine because i like, that's my <laughs> girl, man. Like, oh, she fucking thank you. did it. Like, thank look you. at you. So, well,
0: I played a very, very small part in this because I kind of, you know, I kind of came on board a little later, but. It, the team, just the, the amount of work they put into it, it, uh, all the sleepless nights <laughs> I know that went into this magazine. I'm so proud of it. I'm so proud of them and glad to be part of watching Issa. And, um, yeah, it's a really cool magazine. Like if you're just a watch lover, I mean, it's, it's free. Like try to find one of these places and, um, go pick one up you know, stop by and chat watches and, and pick one up if you can. So yeah, it's no. a really, really cool, cool magazine.
1: The quality is phenomenal. I was very impressed. Um, I, uh, I picked one up from you, um, but now I do know that like our local boutiques have it. Um, yeah, but yeah, like I I picked one up, and, and the quality is phenomenal. It the the content is what's really great as well. It, you know, it's it's all watches, and it's just yeah. it's really nice to just kind of have that have that just to kind of, you know, on a on a cloudy, rainy day, just to kind of chill. And yeah. look through. Honestly, I could just look through the photography you get. I Same. Mean, I don't, I, don't yeah. I mean,
0: I hate to say, like, I don't really, I read, I no, I have read the articles in it, but you know, a lot of times I just want to look at it, you know, th- for the pictures and, and the watches that are in there. There's some really intricate pieces and pieces yeah. that we don't really see a lot of. And, and I think that that's really cool too. But, um, yeah, on to volume two, we're going to start working hard on that soon. And it's exciting. So and how, I how love,
1: frequent are these magazines going to be?
0: Um, I, I think the, the idea is that, you know, one to two times a year, okay, you know, very would, cool. would kind of be, you know, it's not going to be something that comes out a lot, but because there is so much work that goes into it. Um, and we want to make sure the quality is obviously there. But yeah, I, I just, I love the idea that it's free. It's free for, yeah. you know, it, it, obviously, you know, you have to find one of these places, but the list is is growing. And if, if you don't have an area or you don't have a an ad or boutique in the area sign up for their newsletter because we're constantly adding new retailers to the list so if you want to be alerted if one opens up next to you that that does carry this um magazine then, then stay tuned but um i yeah i just love the fact that it's free like this is a free thing for yeah you know the watch community and i think it's amazing exactly so.
1: i think i think it's super cool to just kind of give back to the community in that way and and what better like you know you get to go to a watch retailer, just look at watches and then grab this magazine while you're there. So I think it's uh, it's super cool. The quality is great. I'm super excited for you guys. I know that I've talked to you like a thousand times and just said how proud I am. So
0: Aww. I'm like, oh, well, thank you. I appreciate that. that. That means a lot. It means yeah. a lot. So another another couple cool things we've seen recently. Well, I want to take a step back because I know we had this watch in a little while ago and it was the the new Hamilton khaki field um, that was in bronze, the bronze one. And we've we've seen the white. We've seen several different iterations of this just over time through, you know, watch meetups and stuff like that. I used to have the white one back in the day. But this watch it to me it's just like it's a staple in in hamilton's lineup i think yeah, that I agree. this watch screams to me hamilton like you got the ventura and then the khaki field and like that's just that's the dna of hamilton for mm-hmm. me um and so I've always loved this watch. And we were both really interested because we're both like, do we like bronze? Do we Guys, not like bronze? We like
1: bronze, <laughs> but we don't like bronze. And we want yeah. to love bronze, but like- We have a love-hate relationship. With. It's so bad. Like I know. It's so bad. And I have
0: I have a bronze watch now. I have the Norcane, oh, which- Oh, you do. That's uh, right. It, it's not even my watch.ing My husband has completely stole that watch from me, but <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Uh, he could have it. Um, I love that watch. But, and what I love about the Norcane is like, it has been a very, very slow process in patina. It still looks almost new. Mm-hmm. And there are other brands that that doesn't happen. Like, for instance, Oris, the the process is really quick. You know, as soon as you start wearing it, you start to get the patina. And that's either good or bad, depending on your you. preference. Yeah. It, it, what you like. And the Hamilton, I have to say, like, it held up very nicely. Like, it was going to be a slow process, um, sort of, you know patina that would happen because when I sent it back it still looked the same as when we got it in new yeah and I unwrapped it and it it had almost this like rose gold tone to it that I really liked pretty it was really pretty and I think for that that khaki feel like it just worked it really worked and um yeah everything in the watch is obviously the same as the previous iterations but I, I it was a great great looking watch
1: no i agree it's it's the first bronze watch that i that we've had that i want um I almost forgot about it, so I'm so glad you brought this back <laughs> up while I'm I know, like we, agonizing over watch purchases. So
0: yeah, we've had a few come and go recently, Well, yeah. not even recently, just like and we just haven't had a chance to really talk about them. But
1: no, um, I was, yeah, thanks
0: Hamilton for sending that in for to us. sure. We, we yeah. love hanging out with it.
1: I was I was really impressed. For I love Hamilton's marketing around it. Like they put this mm-hmm. super fun video up about <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot it was, about it. It was almost trolling the watch community, and I loved it. Because you had this guy and like it was a very like, you know, retro kind of like in the background, like, you know, I think what was the, the tag quote one? was earn, was earn like, your patina. Earn your, or patina, earn your patina, not force oh, yeah. your patina. So you have yeah. this guy who's like splashing himself with water, you know, to try and get the watch to patina and then like acting like he's digging. It's basically the behind the scenes of all of our watch photography acting yeah. like he's doing something, but really he's just like <laughs> in his kid's toy box in, in the sandbox. Um, <laughs> And then finally, he like actually goes and takes the damn watch out on an adventure, like through the fort, you know. And I'm just like, it's so. It was my. It's probably my favorite advertising, absolutely ever. Um, I think they did. I'll, I'll I'll find it. I'll put the link in the show notes. But it was so phenomenal. It was so well done, and. It just it really just makes me like it makes me smile and laugh just thinking about it. But also the watch was just great. Like I, I love the khaki field. I think a lot of us as collectors have had that watch. Some iteration of it through, you, mm-hmm. you know, I feel like it's kind of a natural progression. You you get a, a, a Seiko and then eventually like you get a khaki field. I think a lot of mm-hmm. us kind of went that route in our collecting. Um, and the bronze was so beautiful. I loved it. it. The bronze was gorgeous. The color was amazing. I love the all brush because it wasn't shiny. And I like that. But it was bright because like you said, it had a rosy kind of color to it. Mm-hmm. I would I take my money now. If they ever make that that case in the white dial, like yeah, oh man, like take yeah. all my money, no questions asked, full retail, don't care. Like I, would I think the contrast of that.
0: the bronze with the white would look so so good. good.
1: The yeah. brown dial is beautiful. Don't get me wrong, and I am so tempted to buy that watch. But if they ever did that in white, oh god. <laughs> man. Hamilton, if you're listening, please don't make that watch in white because I really don't need <laughs> any more.
0: Chelsea's going to email watch. us in
1: three days. Be like, hey guys, just so you know, we're actually making that in the white. I know. She's like, you
0: guys weren't supposed to say anything. <laughs> just kidding. We don't know.
1: Just kidding. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. We definitely don't know anything.
0: Yeah. I, that would that would be really awesome. But it was such a fun one. Like I just love it's a watch that like it fits kind of smaller wrists. It also fits larger wrists. It just looks yeah. good on everybody. It's thin. It's it's easy to to wind up. It's just like there's really nothing to hate about it. Like I just yeah, I think it's just an overall like pound for pound. It's just a great watch to have. And I and I think even for people that have higher end collections, it's still a great watch to own. Um and it'll just kind of stand the test of time. I think the history behind the khaki feel too. And yeah, it's just, it's awesome.
1: Yeah, totally agree. Can't get enough of that watch.
0: Yeah. And then, and so I guess next, let's talk about the Auris we've had in recently.
1: So we have the third, I think it's the 36.5 millimeter. Okay. So it's a smaller size of the the new Aquas upcycle, mm-hmm. um, which is, it's really cool. So it came in 2K sizes. I think we, when we got it in, we were just like, Hmm. I think this is the smallest watch either of us have worn in quite a while, and it's not small by any stretch of the imagination. It's not, yet. but we it have really big isn't. old chunky right. divers that we wear. And we're so like, we're oh, like, let me take off this forty-two millimeter dive watch on bracelet.
0: <laughs> and and I'm then so... I'm like, I'm texting you. I'm like, it's tiny. <laughs> <laughs> it's not tiny it's at any. And like, no. I I took a wrist shot. If you want to go see it, it's on our Instagram page. And I know Catlin's probably going to post more, but. It uh you know, on the wrist, it like it looks what like like a watch that should you know, it it's what a watch should look like on my wrist. <laughs> pretty much. It's the correct size that me, I should be wearing for my six and a you know, half inch wrist or whatever. But um no, you know, I choose to wear oversized huge watches because, <laughs> you know, big watch energy. If and everything, you but.
1: big watch energy. Well, at least yeah. that needs to be a hashtag. Oh my god! Oh, I'm pretty sure. It, I'm pretty sure it this already is. is. I, I'm like, yeah. I'm down for it. Big watch energy. Um, I'm,
0: I'm certainly not the first person to that. Has said I that. love <laughs> it.
1: Absolutely love it. Yeah. So, and if you do want that big watch energy, it also comes. I think it's the 41 and a half or the 42 millimeter. Yeah. Um, so it does come in like in the and more that's
0: probably m- the one that I would go for personally. But you know me. what?
1: What I love. so these are the upcycle. So basically, what Oris has done is, you know, they they've they've created these dials that are made out of PET uh, recycled plastics straight from the ocean um Mm -hmm. you know if you're if you're even vaguely familiar with ORS you know that they do a lot of conservation you know they're very big on they do a lot
0: of giving back
1: yes they they give back they do a lot a whole lot for the environment for the community things like that and that's one of the things we we've been in love with about ORS even before we you know we started talking with the brand personally Mm -hmm. um so you know, each of these dials is totally different. They're very unique and you know they're they're fun, they're colorful. but what I love I love that, I love that the dials are different and that the 40, the larger size is, extremely different than mm-hmm. the dial from the smaller size. I honestly like,
0: like the dial from the smaller one though. I agree. It's more colorful. It's
1: so fun. It's very colorful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, t- I completely agree with that. Um but you know, if you're familiar with or is it it's the traditional Aquas case, um this does have the it's the Salita base movement or is it an ETA base movement? Mm. mm. Hmm. Okay. So this does not have the, their caliber 400 in it, uh, that series of movement. So it's the more affordable version of the Oris Aquis. For those of you looking for like a really phenomenal, you know, two, two to $2,500 price point dive watch. um, I have an Oris Aquis. I absolutely love it. It's one of my, one of my favorite fun kind of dive watches that I have in my collection. So Um, But yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited that, you know, I picked it up from your house the other day. So and I just think it's it's fun. It's colorful. And, you know, it Oris isn't saving the world with this watch. But, you know, and I've seen a lot of like little snarky comments about, oh, how much can they really be helping? It's just like a dial. But you know what? It's when I look down at that dial. I know that that dial means something. And I think yes. about recycling when I look down at that dial, you know, and I think that that's the, that's the idea. It's to, it's to bring awareness. You know, you don't yeah. have to, what, first of all, one brand, one watch, one, anything is not going to save the world, no. but it does bring awareness to this fact. Well, and here's and the I thing. have so much love and respect for that.
0: I do too. I absolutely do. And that's the reason we've loved ORS since we've, you know, we've been in this hobby basically. But, Another thing I want to point out, too, because I I saw a lot of negative comments about the fact, like, there's no proceeds going to whatever, and there is not for this specific watch. However, they have done Mm -hmm. that in the past with many of their limited editions, and also the brand just announced that they are now environmentally neutral, and so that means that they're doing everything that they can to make conservation uh, a priority, you know, they're, they're trying to use um, better materials, whether it's packaging or for the watches themselves. And so that's a big deal in order for them to sustain that. This is a, this is a way they've, they've made this watch. That's kind of a reason to continue that legacy of what they're trying to build as a company. And I don't see any other brands trying this hard to be environmentally neutral. And so, it's a big deal, and um, no, this specific watch doesn't have any proceeds going to anything, but that being said, Oris does so much on, on from their own, and they give back in so many different ways that, I'm not really worried about that. The fact that this watch doesn't have proceeds going to some organization—that's fine by me. If the sale from this watch helps any con- coffee <laughs> helps the brand continue down this path, then that's what I'm I'm all for. And so, yeah. um, I'm such a fan of Oris, and I love what they're doing, and I think it's amazing. And um, another thing I, I thought about re- when you were just talking is. Um, so, you know, a lot of their Aquas now, you know, you can buy the the new Caliber 400. It's Caliber mm-hmm. 400, right?
1: Yeah, it's the 400 series. Yeah. Okay, so you can buy so the like, new. like, depending on the complication. Yeah, so you
0: can buy the Caliber 400 or you can still buy the watch with the, you know, Salida ETA. I don't remember which they use, but you have the option now and a lot of the Aquas, not all of them, but you have the option to pick, you know, do you want the in-house caliber or do you want, you know, the kind of the standard ETA Salida? And so I just was thinking like, how awesome would that be if more brands, like, bigger brands did that? And I say that yeah. because, like, there are people that are really nerdy about movements and want the in-house. I am not one of them. I will take an ETA or at any day of the week because I want the cheap service. I, I want their workhorse movements. It doesn't mean that it's not going to last a lifetime. I'm just not a big movement person and I know that it's such a big component of a watch I do I get that I completely understand that but to me design is so much more important to me and so I agree I wish that more brands like how how amazing would that be if like oh you could go buy an Omega Aqua Terra and you could either choose the in-house you know movement or you could choose the, an ETA movement and like you could have that price difference there and like people could actually decide for themselves what was more important I just think that I mean, I'm not saying it's going to happen. It's probably not because everyone wants to make as much money as possible. So, but that would be really cool if more brands started to do that. Because like, I don't care about in-house movements. I'm sorry to say it. Like, I just, it doesn't, I mean, now if I'm looking at the back of a Moser, yeah, I guess it does. Because like, you see this beautiful. At a
1: certain price point, yes. Yes. If I'm spending over
0: $10,000, let's say sure i would I would like an in house movement, but other than that, like any of the watches I have right now, my sub my tutor gmt like all these i don't really care as long as it runs well like that's all mm-hmm. I kind of ask for like I don't wear my manta versus like okay, i wear my manta one day, I wear my sub the other day i don't really it doesn't matter to me the fact that one of them's running a little bit at a lesser accuracy than the other like I just don't really care it just doesn't yeah. it doesn't mean a lot to me personally but um, no
1: I I completely agree and, uh, at the end of the day, you know a second or two, I, I have a lot of respect for brands who do in-house movement. I I'm do not too that. And, and a lot of work goes into and, it. Right. But I I feel like it's a big kudos for, first of all, it's very expensive to invest that heavily into, you know, your own movements and whatnot. And I think it's easy to just say, okay, well, now we spent all this money on it. We're trying to make back all that money. Exactly. So everything's going to have this in-house movement. You know, I love that Oris gives you the choice. And and we've spoken with Vijay from Oris about it. I think we, you know, we, we've, he's been very, very upfront and even, you know, Rolf in, in some of his interviews, he's, done, has said they will continue to offer both. Because again, they're a brand that, yeah, they're a big brand, but they are so in tune with the watch collector community. And they understand that not everybody's in a position to spend $4,000, $5,000 on a watch. But spending $1,500 to $2,500 on a watch is very practical for a lot of people looking to buy that first luxury watch that luxury time piece you know and I think I think it's phenomenal of them to do and I I I do I love that option about it for sure
0: yeah I completely agree well I guess that'll that'll wrap us up for today um it's been a good chat I've liked talking to you (laughs)
1: I <laughs> and so we don't talk like all the time but oh, no. we know that a lot of you guys have uh have messaged it and said that you miss our our just chit chat episodes so well, here you go hope you guys <laughs> this one. yeah like we had no notes no nothing we no. we forgot that we had to record this until like 10 o'clock last night yeah
0: so. like, oh yeah we got to record an episode
1: <laughs> oh yeah hey <laughs> can't forget um yeah no it, it's it's been a lot of fun and uh yeah, we we appreciate all you guys always reaching out, and and I'm glad that you guys have enjoyed the last two interviews. They were mm-hmm. really they were good. a lot of fun and, really fun, and we have some exciting stuff coming up too that we we hope you'll really enjoy. So. Um, I guess in the meantime, be sure yeah. that you're subscribed to the podcast on whatever platform you're listening to. I know, you know, we're doing that every other week, podcast episodes. So, you know, you'll if you're subscribed, you'll get the alerts. Um, if you're enjoying the content and you have other people who would enjoy the content, be sure to share it with them. Um, you know, uh, and definitely leave us a review um, on any whatever platform you're listening to. iTunes, I know does it. If any other platform does, please do so. Uh, just because it does help the podcast be found a little bit easier. And um, yeah, head over to our website www. 2com uh, and we'll have links to like a lot of the stuff that we talked about, some photos, things like that. And follow us along on social media: Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Ten and Two Media. All right. That's it. Bye, everybody. Bye, y'all.